0: Hello and welcome to Acting Up, the podcast that dives deep into the world of TV and film that highlights our people, our culture, and our stories. I'm your host, Courtney Wills, Entertainment Director at The Grio, and this week we're sitting down with the ever-impressive Natasha Rothwell, who has been making us laugh as Kelly on Insecure since the show started and has also been a huge force behind the scenes of the groundbreaking show as a writer, producer, and director. So many fans of the series know Natasha for playing the role of Kelly on Insecure, but not everyone realizes that she actually started off in the writer's room for the show, had no intentions of being one of its stars, and just how much influence she's wielded over the past five seasons as not only a head writer, but also as a producer and this season as a director. Natasha directed episode six of the final season of Insecure. So we talked to her about what that was like, as well as the impact that her role and her work has had on the culture. Prior to Insecure, we'd never really seen a character like Kelly take up space on the small screen. She's so sure of herself. She is incredibly self-aware and makes no apologies for the way she just lives out loud, owns her truth, and loves herself. Since Insecure, she has snagged multiple roles on some highly visible projects, including uh, this summer's White Lotus, and has an overall deal, which means we have a lot more coming from this fantastically talented woman. Let's get into it. Hey, Natasha, how does it feel knowing that this journey you've been on, this hugely impactful series that has wiggled its way into all of our hearts is coming to an end? It's just been an incredible journey to to
1: tell these stories. And I just feel so privileged to be able to have done it for five seasons. I mean, in this industry, nothing is guaranteed. You know, you can shoot something and it never see the light of day, but to be a part of something that we were able to just really dig into the the nuances of the Black experience and in a way that I haven't seen even as a consumer of content, you know. So it, it is definitely going to break my heart when I finally come to terms. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> what were those last few days of shooting like for you on set? Highly emotional. You know, some of our crew have
1: been with us for, you know, all five seasons and just to see the sentimentality of, you know, a surly grip or, you know, our our boom operator who would just kind of look at you and just let it because they're just coming to terms too. you know, we really did, you know, create a family. And I had to leave at the time, the day after I wrapped to go shoot Sonic in Hawaii and so I was just, I, I felt like had my last day shooting been followed by a few weeks, I could have, you know, visited set and not be Kelly or, you know, a producer. So I just felt like it was happening so fast. And I was just trying to soak it all up. I was trying to really savor, you know, my my last run, you know, my last run
0: as Kelly. Yes, gosh. And Kelly, she's such a beloved character. She's so many people's favorites. I think she's my favorite I feel like I relate to her and um you know she's just I think like Issa said like she's you're just going to be Kelly like she's so comfortable in her skin and I feel like insecure like open the door to letting black women be represented in such an authentic way you know that we haven't seen before and you're allowed to be comfortable in your skin and you're allowed to be uncomfortable in your skin, depending on the day, the minute, the hour. Yeah. And as someone who was so integral to cultivating, I think really the culture of this show, not only playing Kelly, but as a producer, as a writer and as a director, I wondered for you creatively, like, do you feel like this project has stretched what you understood to be the possibilities of writing and playing and producing black women? 100%.
1: I think it's stretched my idea of what it is to be a Black woman as a person as well. I think that Kelly is so free and so, like, you know, self-possessed. And I often think about her as someone who was born in the world without anyone ever telling her to doubt herself. Like, she didn't understand the concept, so she just never did. And so... I unfortunately was not born that way. And so over the last five years, I have learned from playing her that I can move through the world and not be in my head and not care about what other people think so much. And um I'm so grateful for it. And I think also in terms of representation, you know, it's It's funny because it feels like sometimes we're only allowed to express ourselves in, you know, pain, porn or trauma, drama, or we're black girl magic and we're fixing white people's lives. And, you know, a lot of us are just real regular, you know, we have our we're neurotic. We you know make mistakes, we apologize to the furniture we bump into, you know, <laughs> we have social awkward moments. And I think Issa speaks to that that part of our our culture that helps the world at large see that we're not a monolith. You know, we we have nuance, we have, you know. The, the the beauty in the ordinary, you know, without feeling the pressure to be extraordinary and that you know being us is enough and to be a part of a show that has inserted that conversation, you know in in the you know in the zeitgeist of what it is that we're doing i'm I'm just honored and it, it feels. I, I, I often tell people I'm a fan of the show first. You know, I just happen to be on it, you know. And for me, I I had craved that representation for so long. And so I I know that I'm not alone based on the response to the show. And so it just feels just fulfilling, you know, not to be hyperbolic, but it really is fulfilling.
0: Did you go into insecure season one? knowing that you'd have such a big role behind the scenes as well? Or did you sign up just to be Kelly and then it grew from there?
1: I didn't even sign up to be Kelly. I signed up to write and I was in the writer's room and it was, I want to say two months into the writing process. We were writing scripts and kelly was a character that was created one of the writers at the time ben dugan who was my work husband i love him to death I'm so he lives. He was just like you know isa's friend groups needs that friend that friend and he pitched kelly and she was in the scripts and we did internal table reads anytime we had a completed draft and i kept reading kelly and isa had me kept reading reading kelly And she called me in her office one day and was just like, you know, you're Kelly, right? And I burst into tears (laughs) because I just had no idea that she saw all of me, if that makes sense, because I was an actor before I came to write on the show. But I was so hyper focused because it was my first writer's room and I wasn't trying to, like, you know, to be in everyone's business. I was like, let me just do this one thing well. And it's a is just so incredible in that she saw all of me when I was trying to hide some parts because I wasn't trying to, you know, be, you know, Be out of pocket and be like, oh, I could do this, you know? Yeah. And so from there, it was just my hunger to learn and grow more. And she fed it every step of the way, you know, as, you know, getting promoted to producer and supervising producer and directing consulting producer. And so she just, uh, I credit her and and Prentice for being really open and and helping me step into my own over the course of, of the show.
0: Did you write a lot of Kelly's? stuff or once you assume that role you let someone else I mean how do you balance all of that shit it's like wait what you're directing producing writing starring how many hours were in your day (laughs) I mean the show
1: with my life I think that's why it's so hard to say goodbye to it and um for the lines for Kelly we all wrote every episode. And so we, it was just a collective effort, even though, you know, obviously the written by person is the point person. Early on with Kelly, I made a like very conscious decision not to pitch stories for her and not to push an agenda. Because just like, I mean, I'm never not myself, just like I didn't want to push an acting agenda when I was writing. I didn't want to push story just because I was the actor. And when I did, and there's sometimes it was unavoidable where I was just like, I have very specific ideas and sometimes they hit and sometimes they didn't. And then by the time we got into season three, four, and even now... They would write Kelly stuff, or I would write Kelly stuff, and they would come and be like, read this out loud real fast. And so they would come about, and I would read it, and they'd be like, okay, yeah, we'll change it. Or I do so much improvising as well. And so, even the written things that I may not, you know, because obviously we write in, you know, together as a group. Sometimes one group is working on a script and another group is working on a different episode. Inevitably, when I would see the lines on stage, I would put my spank on it because I just know Kelly. I live and breathe her. So I'll, you know, add that kind of seasoning, which is, I think, so, I mean, I'm very grateful to the directors we've had that let me play like that, but yeah, it's, it's not a one. Kelly's not just my voice. It's all of ours for sure.
0: And now that we're at the final season, I feel like from what I've seen, which is one through six, you know, like we're trying to get there. It's like, we're racing to this finish line, right. And like getting everything in that we need to make sure that we get, what was the pressure like as a writer and as a producer in knowing that this would be, you know, the the kind of swan song for this series that means so much to so many.
1: Well, one of the things I credit Issa and Prentice for from the beginning I want to say after our first season, when we realized that it was like a hit, they really protected the writers and producers. They protected us. And then they also protected us from like even studio notes and ideas that felt like we were trying to write to someone's expectation. Mm. You know, they were just like, what got us here was staying true to Issa and Molly and that love story and telling this journey. And so that was our true north and making sure that we did right by story and not even allowing the pressure of reviews and, you know, all the chatter about the final season. And like we have, it has to be this crescendo. It was, let's just honor the story on the page and have us feel satisfied as a, you know, a group. And I think that that is the success I think folks will see of this final season is that there was no abandoning, you know, the, the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yes. You stuck to the script.
1: <laughs> right. That's right. I was going to say that. like literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I think Insecure has really changed the landscape of TV and has opened doors for so many projects to come after it. And it's launched careers in such a wild way from Isa's to Yvonne's to yours. I mean, I'm, I remember meeting you season one and I I hadn't known your work prior to Insecure, but I was like, I cannot wait to see what this woman does. And like, look what you have done. You've got an overall deal, right? Like you're in London right now doing something. I don't know if it's a secret. Yeah. No, it's not a secret though. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh you went to Hawaii to shoot Sonic like you are booked and busy and creating and it must be a whole new world for you after this as a creative. So what's next when your kind of introduction to the public is such a big one? Like, you know, how do you navigate next chapter?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's been a it's been a wild ride. I've just been trying to say yes in like a very open sense and not be too prescriptive about expectations because none of this was expected. And I feel like that was kind of the beauty of how things shook out for me and and Yvonne and everyone else, I think. We didn't anticipate this, and so I really do move through the world and through this industry with an immense amount of gratitude because it's, it's um, not lost on me that, you know, this path that I've taken is not one that everyone gets to take. And so I want to really do right by it. And with that does come pressure because, you know, I want, I don't want to mess it up, but I think that I try not to let that, you know, those fears that are sort of natural to get in the way of doing the work and doing what makes me happy and, you know, writing the things that make me laugh and doing the projects that bring me joy. And um, I think with success comes agency. And I think what I learned is that that agency I think was there before, but I didn't really allow myself to, (laughs) to honor it. And so I'm trying to really honor that agency and, you know, make choices that are right for me as a person and not feel beholden to capital C career, you know? Um, and it's hard, you know, it's not easy and it's filled with imposter syndrome and anxiety and, you know, just worrying about the state of the world and the state of the industry and um wanting to be a good representation for us and mm-hmm. also for you know think bitches everywhere wanting to make sure i shine and do right and that's a lot you know like if you do it away right. yeah 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 but that's important to me and so i want to continue to Ride this momentum to do more of what you know I've been able to do, create opportunities, you know, taking a page out of Issa's book and making sure that the behind the scenes and in front of the camera really do represent the world we live in. And um, I'm really hopeful. I'm really uh, excited by where my career has taken me and where it will go. but it's, yeah, I, I can't even begin to try to guess what the next five years will look like, because honey, I had no idea what the (laughs) last five would look like.
0: Do you find yourself to be more attracted to opportunities to direct or write and produce over acting? Are you equally passionate about all three? Like, where do you sit with that? It really depends on the project. Like I will
1: read something and I will know what part of me it needs. If it's just like, oh, I really want to, I want to be behind the current, you know, the camera and direct this project, or I need to play this character, or I don't need to do either of those, but I want to do everything I can to see it come to fruition. I'll, you know, mentor writers as a producer and, you know, play connect the dots with, you know, you really need to talk to this studio or you need to talk to this Uh producer or this director and do that matchmaking. So it depends on the script, honestly. But, you know, they say dance with the one that brung ya, And I got my degree in theater from University of Maryland and started out w- with acting. And the transition into writing and producing directing happened much later, I think, because when I was coming up in college, I feel like I was one generation ahead of the hyphenate generation, where it was just like, oh, I don't have to choose. And so when I graduated, it felt like I had to make a choice. I'm going to be an actress, and that's the thing. And post-college, it was just being in the real world, doing the work. I was like, oh, I don't have to just do the one thing. I can express myself with a myriad of paintbrushes. I don't just have to use the one. And that's how I really see it, of just you know being able to find the project that scratches that particular itch the moment and because I'm very much a Libra I don't like I don't like things to be out of balance and so if I'm doing a ton of producing, or if I'm doing a ton of writing and I haven't have, you know, I don't have an acting project on my slate, I get very antsy and saying, conversely, if I have a ton of acting stuff and I'm not, you know, producing something or writing something, I get antsy. And so I'm finding doing all of them, you know, really does fulfill me. And I had no idea my first big gig out of the gate would let me do all of them. And so that's just like, the, I mean, I, I really, I'm just like, I don't know how to replicate it. <laughs> That's the goal. That is the
0: goal. So I want to get into this episode that you directed. I mean, okay, number one, the one before it, y'all are, y'all are shooting babies through an imaginary basketball hoop, kicking babies' <laughs> mamas in the belly. Like, wow, you really just let Issa's mind go. And your episode kind of picks up right there in this, like, you know, what is Issa going through? She seems to be very much grappling with some of the things that you just talked about, imposter syndrome and anxiety and shoulda, coulda, woulda's. I think, with Lawrence. Like, what is really going on right now in the season for you? In the
1: season, I think the beauty of the premiere is that the thesis is sort of like, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to you know, leave the world when you're gone. And, you know, I think all of the characters in their own way are trying to figure out they're happy, right. They're trying to figure out like, you know, how do I become whole as a person? How do I become a, you know, someone who has joy in their lives. And specifically for my episode, it is, you have to own your choices, You really do have to make a choice and not worry about if that choice is going to pull you away from someone else or bring you towards something else. Those aren't the considerations. It's what do you really authentically want as a person? What authentically makes you happy in work, life, personal, professional? And so thematically, that's sort of the most potent in my episode, but I think over the course of this series, it really is that journey that I think we find ourselves in when we're in our 30s and really just like, you know, we realize we are a capital A adult, like in a lot of the boxes we tick on, you know, you know, things we fill out, we move to the next box, you know, and so you're no longer in that 18 to 25, you're like, oh, I'm in that next box. And so... You have a group of, you know, people who are trying to figure out, okay, well, this is the box that I'm in. How do I define it? Like, what do I say it is? And I think it's a really beautiful thing because you watch people sort of, you know, fail upwards, if that makes sense. (laughs) But I think it's any life, you're just making the mistakes, you learn, you grow, you make the mistakes, you learn and you grow. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's the season in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) I will say that one other thing that you really left, I think me with and so many people with is representing for the thick bitches in such a way. Like, I don't, I can't recall Kelly ever making like a self-deprecating joke. You know what I mean? Like she is fly, her fashions are fiercely. Like, she's just allowed to exist and be as beautiful and as desirable and as confident as the as the skinny chick next to her. And was that on purpose? Cause it was, and it is a thing. Like it is absolutely impactful.
1: I'm, well, thank you for saying that. And it means everything. And it was a thousand percent intentional. The conversations that I had in the room from the very first sort of scripts where we were, when I realized I would be Kelly, it was evaluating what we'd written and not feeling the need to go back and add fatness to the page. Like what the, like that makes zero sense. Like we're allowed to be black and fat and not have those be plot points we can just be and we can just exist and not be this thing we need to fix you know and it that has been truly the top joy of this for me is to be in that skin and it has really changed my life personally like it has really made me fall in love with the body that i grew up hating and it, and it's been such a powerful experience to have like other thick bitches in, you know, DM me and you know, screenshots and being just like, I'm I'm getting that look. You oh, I love that fit, and just have them excited to be seen and not being self-deprecating. And own Attorney, who's our costume designer, like she is incredible. And she I've been I've been doing this for a minute and I've worked with many different folk and some folks are dressing you to hide you. And they're just, you know, they they are trying to figure out how to fix something when there's just nothing to really fix. It's like celebrate it. And Shiona just knew that from the jump and was just on board and even opened up my eyes because I had a limited view about what I could and couldn't wear. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh, we're gonna get you in this fit. You're gonna wear those little white boots, this tiny little Gucci dress. I didn't even even know Gucci went up to my side. And I was like, okay, okay. So she really opened my eyes and it's just been an honor to play Kelly. And a big part of what I'm doing with uh, Big Hattie Productions over at Disney is you know a part of the mission is the otherness that other people see fat black whatever that is going to be resolved before page 1 our stories are not going to be centered around you know trying to justify our humanity and that's what it is when you're on the page trying to do that and so let's just assume our humanity and tell stories and that's what I'm excited to do
0: Can't wait to see more from you, Natasha. I'm such a huge fan. So grateful for the work that you've done and uh, so glad you took the time to talk to us today on Acting Up.
1: Yay, thank you for having me. I'll see
0: you next time. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Acting Up. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, comments, and suggestions to podcasts at thegrio.com. Acting Up is brought to you by The Grio an executive produced by Courtney Wills and produced by Cameron Blackwell. For more with me and Acting Up, check us out on Instagram at actingup.pod.